AI getting embedded in general user applications that we're all already using on a daily basis. Those are going to be the things where we're really start to see some of these use cases unlocking because it's going to be right there in front of you. You won't even have to go to this other interface. You're just opening your Excel documents and stuff is happening. Let's go. All right, welcome back to the Pubcast. I'm your host, John Loomer. And, um, you know, typically we're focusing on any type of marketing related discussion, you know, the things that are impacting us right now. So whether that's Facebook ads related, could be entrepreneurship as well, but ChatGPT has just been the thing we keep coming back to. And I say ChatGPT, it's AI as well and how that's changing our lives. And, um, I've had so Luke Luke Elliott's a, a member of my team, and you know we've been working together for years. And um, Luke's even nerdier and um, more into all this stuff than I am, which is makes him a great uh, person to bring on to have these discussions. So Luke, how are you doing? Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? Happy St. Patrick's Day. I think we both got our green going, so that's good. I didn't even mean to do this. This is, yeah, yeah, this is completely accidental. Good job. <laughs> yeah, good job. So, um, uh, obviously, okay, so we're, yeah, we're recording this on St. Patrick's Day. This week, what, the big news was the announcement of G GPT-4, which we've all been waiting for. Um, what is this going to mean? What does this mean, Luke? Well, I think the big thing that stuck out to me is not just the fact that that was uh, the big announcement from OpenAI. So that was March 14th, right? Which was three days ago. But then Google had a big AI announcement, a little bit different because it wasn't an official launch. It was more like, hey, something's coming. And Microsoft then announced uh, their, their, their big AI integration part. So... I mean, I think we could talk about each of those individually, but I think the point of that is, is like, we keep talking about this. It really feels like the pace has been accelerating on uh, just the activity. And and of course, it's almost, you can almost see these companies kind of scrambling to like right. announce before each other and, and try to get the headlines out. Um, but wow. Yeah, it was a big week. And I know that um, some of the folks covering the space, including Rachel Woods, who was on um, one of your earlier podcasts, she, she's even said like, you know, I've seen her even doing some some things like, oh, it's only 10 o'clock today. And here's all the mm. things that have happened just today. This is increasingly um, feeling like there's just a lot to keep up with. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I we were kind of talking before the show just now is like, my my interest is also kind of keeping this like a little bit top level and and not going too deep on some of these things because there is so much going on so i think just those three big announcements i just wanted to kind of start off with and maybe we could just go through them and then dig into to the the open ai gpt4 announcement in particular if that if that sounds sort of like a, a good flow for you glug, glug, glug. let's do that yeah let's start start with uh, the gpt4 i mean what what do we need to know about that so I, uh, I believe you have watched the demo. Um, so th there was a demo that OpenAI released. It, it's it's actually I really enjoyed the demo because it was like just a guy standing there in front of his computer and interacting with the computer and doing some really cool stuff. But yeah. the big thing that um, that I think has stuck out from that demo, and it's really short, you, you can find it online if you haven't watched it yet, was 
uh, everybody's calling it the napkin demo. So, so I'm sure you, you saw the napkin demo, right? Uh, is that where he did the, the website? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that, that, uh, so it was at the end and that was, yeah, that was the part I think they got my attention more than anything else but yeah explain what that yeah means. and i think that that's that's sort of the common theme so so just if you haven't seen it yet i'll just really quickly describe what happens so essentially um he's illustrating the capabilities of gpt4 to ingest um visual content and then to take action based on visual content and what he does is he literally draws on a napkin a really short description of what he wants a website to be and do he then submits it into gpt4 um, via an integration. So it's not like a native functionality. That's one thing that a lot of people have been confused about. So we'll talk about that. But then th this, it essentially just spins up this website just based mm -hmm. on, and he's using a few different integrations to do this, but it's an illustration of capabilities and everything's sort of driven by the GPT-4 capabilities. And it's pretty dead impressive because also, I don't know if you saw the image, but his writing was like super right. messy and, right. and really just some basic instructions. And, and it was not like it wasn't this, the most advanced website, but the the, the yeah. point was just the fact that it could do that. Basically, like, I mean, it's literally you draw your idea on a napkin and then it comes to life seconds later um, in terms of what's what's being created. But I think one of the, the big things that I've seen out there is people are saying, well, it's it's not actually like able to do this visual stuff yet. And he was he says that he says, like, this is just an illustration. But but I think that's that's confused some people. Yeah, I mean, for for somebody who kind of has fumbled through rudimentary code through his life, like I've I've never been a programmer. I've just like tried to know as much HTML or whatever uh, to get me through, and and always having to lean on someone else to like, ah, I've got this idea. Can you make this thing happen? Right? Or it just never happens, and you just never see it. To be able to say, I'm just going to sketch this out. And yeah, it was a joke website, I think it was. I don't even remember. Like, there are two buttons or something. I don't even remember what it was. Right. Um, but and the the lack of detail he had in his, you know, napkin description uh, for that to just be able to spit out the code and create a website that functions is pretty crazy and exciting for anyone who, like, wants to quickly uh experiment like i've got this idea is this gonna work what, what is this gonna look like um and to you know for startups i'm just thinking you know up top, top of my head you know startups or anyone who comes up with a, a minimal viable product uh to see would people like this and consume it before they start you know improving upon it is kind of exciting and probably uh, scary for developers, programmers as well. Um, but yeah, that got my attention really quickly. I mean, yeah. what, what, what kind of thoughts did you have as, as you saw that? Well, I mean, exactly aligned with what you're kind of calling out, which is sort of this like prototype culture that this right. could create and, and sort of unlock because that barrier to being able to do a lot of these things is based on sort of coding ability. Um, of course, you know, there are, in, there are other products out there that have been out there for years that are intended to make this stuff easier. But that seamless ability to, to literally, again, just draw it on a napkin. I mean, that's it's pretty remarkable. Um, and, and I know, of course, there's a, there's a long way to go on a lot yeah. of these things. But I think it's just 
knowing again kind of what we were leading at the beginning of this conversation the speed at which a lot of this stuff is going to start happening it's 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 hard to imagine that one two three years from now we're not going to see uh pretty much an explosion of a lot of different types of things coming out there i think for me is more less about like website capability but more like the ability to make an app right and, and not my, yeah. like a user app but like a data app that can do yeah. something for people and then of course integrate that with the website i would love to see sort of all the the ways that that kind of stuff starts to come to life cheers because what, one thing we're hearing about a lot in the space is like um all of these different um for apps that are basically run on top of gpt3 or gpt3.5 as it is today and then eventually going to be gpt4 to do all of these different things that that are going to be um helping out different use cases and one of the things that they did mention in the demo um is they're working with uh, an organization called be my eyes mm -hmm. had you ever heard of be my eyes yeah. before so yeah. my wife my wife lisa uses that like she's the one of the people is the volunteer yeah for that and she so anyone who's not familiar with it so basically it's people who have uh sight disability and they're alone and they need help you know do my clothes match or i i am colorblind what co what color are these uh, are these shoes or um I've, I've i got this in the mail what does it say you know that kind of thing and so, yeah, there's this integration with GPT-4. Yeah, if you could explain that. Yeah, so so you're, you're, you said uh, your wife's a, a volunteer in that. I, I am as well. And, and you yes. kind of get these calls. And um, and, and the, the way it works now is, of course, you're talking to the person. That their camera is then turned on. They're pointing it at something. And then you're, you're mm -hmm. just kind of telling them what they're seeing, answering their questions. And I think um, the accessibility play on these tools is incredibly exciting um i think that's really cool that they're they're kind of focusing there um it, the, one of the ways the app works is like it kind of sends the call out to a bunch of volunteers at the same time and whoever mm -hmm. kind of answers first but of course people's experiences are inconsistent uh you might have some people on there who are not really taking it seriously of course the system is supposed to try to help weed those out but uh, imagine if if you can really unlock this ability. Maybe I maybe I have a visual impairment and like maybe I don't want to have to talk to somebody. Right, you right. know, it's like maybe I want to just open my phone and have it tell me what's what's in front of me. Like I think that there's a lot of the 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 option to be able to do that and to be able to unlock that at scale is is pretty yeah. daggone exciting. And and that's that's actually a point Lisa brought up too is that as long as they make this an option because. There, there are a lot of people, first of all, who are excited to be the volunteers. But beyond that, there are people who enjoy that personal connection because right. of the fact that they're alone and they need this help. And sure, it might be great to get immediate feedback from the AI, but they may pref some people may prefer actually having that personal interaction. Um, and not to mention, you know, if there is like this threshold of, of dealing with technology is that going to confuse especially older people even more when they're dealing with an ai i don't know but uh yeah but either way having that option is certainly pretty exciting that not just for that app but just you know, well and you were talking about the the like interacting with a person thing i mean right. the the thing that i keep going to with a lot of these is is just to, to envision a landscape where a lot of these different technologies are all playing together so of course we've talked a lot about um mm -hmm basically AI people 
so it feels like you are interacting with a person. So imagine if they built that into where it's like, I am interacting with my virtual volunteer right. and I'm having the conversation with them and I'm asking them the questions and it's, it's responding in a human voice like that. That's not hard. That's not a big jump, you know, it's to not. imagine that that's going to be. And so maybe it would be an option where you say, Oh, I choose a virtual volunteer or a real volunteer, but the only thing that would stop you from doing a virtual volunteer is if you still feel like you get something extra from that real volunteer. And then at what point do you cross the threshold where the virtual volunteer is so much better and so consistent and so human feeling right. that you're like, you actually get the better experience there. And then you no longer go to the, to the real volunteer. And that's, that's kind of using this as a very specific example. You then play that out across lots of different types of industries, lots of different types of use cases. I mean, you, there, you're always going to have people who are frustrated with the interface, but if, if these interfaces can overcome whatever frustration point would exist on the other end of the scale with a real person, and, you know, you hear these things coming out in terms of food service and like, oh, you know, AI is replacing jobs in, in you know, McDonald's right. or whatever it may be. And at some point someone is going to go, well, I don't want an employee who's pissed off at me today. I don't want to, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's like, and by the way, I'm not like supporting that. I'm just right. saying like, this is an example of, of right. how you start to play this out across all the different types of things. So let's say I've got a Facebook ads question. Well, I don't want to ask John Loomer. I'll just hey. ask the AI, you know, person. Yeah. And then what does that mean for you? You know? And it's like, that's, that's, uh, I'm going off and like to the, the, the ideation tangent, but that, that's kind of when I see these demos, that's kind of where I go with it is like, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? And and then you combine that with what we're also talking about the other part of the demo, which is like, again, this prototyping culture. So like you can see this environment sort of brewing where lots of really fast prototyping, lots of testing, lots of um, birth and death of different AI tech the, it's almost like um, a very, very rapid evolution right. um, process where, you know, survival of the most fit, whatever it may be, it, it starts to, to really happen at scale. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how that, that is in, enabled by some of these technologies. It's a bit, it's a lot. It's kind of overwhelming. I mean, the, the thing, like, I feel like there's a rabbit hole you go down when you start talking about um, an AI that's human-like. Um, that's a little scary. Like, like I immediately think about the most vulnerable people using that, right? So once again, um, be my eyes, like you have an older population usually. Um, do they understand they're dealing with an AI? I mean, I'm not talking about like right now, but eventually if when they're dealing with an AI that is very human-like and they're having conversations with it, do they understand that they're not dealing with a human? And is, does that become problematic? And that's I think the big question like, is, do they care? Maybe. Uh, but we've also heard about immediately the way that people can use this for scams or are talking about using it as scams. Exactly. Especially targeting the, the older demographic where it's like you can have an AI or, or maybe not even an AI, but uh, a voice disguising as like their grand grandson or something right. you know saying i need this I'm money in mexico and i need some money <laughs> which stranded, is what yeah kind of scam you see anyway but now more advanced right um so it's all this kind of stuff it's like oh cheers 
so th there was that part of the demo. I mean, was there anything else in that demo that stood out to you? Nothing else in the demo, but I think it was it, reading some of the press that's covering it. Um, one of the the things that's really been called out, and I don't know if you've you've been kind of keeping up with any of this, is, is sort of how I saw GPT four is no longer like openly open sourced. Uh, so it's no. the open AI has kind of gone closed <laughs> for hmm. uh, for lack of a better description on this, and so I think. It's interesting, again, kind of going back to that prototyping culture that we're we're kind of entering into is could you see that this these folks who have really had a lot of energy and passion for the space go down another path of disruption? So like, is there going to be some what what other open source thing is going to kind of pop up as popular and kind of fill that gap if it does? Right. So I think that that's it's this really interesting example where um there's kind of a perception of like, oh, did you sell out? You know, like, yeah. what what does that look like? Um, and so I just think about, again, that sort of prototyping culture, uh, how that lives also in this kind of other things being developed to also serve the same purpose. And we know that there are other tools out there, of course, but a lot of them that are getting a lot of the press are, are kind of like, um, again, backed by large organizations, whatever it may be. So uh it's it's just that that was just something that also stuck out when I was just sure. kind of going through all the press press notes on it. There's one other thing for me that that stands out that you know as far as what do people need to know what's going on with GPT four, and it is related to that be my eyes part. It's the fact that there's this visual element now um, with GPT that didn't exist before. And so I was just trying to explain that to people. So. First of all, the, the the be my eyes, but also the, you know, here's my mock-up, create this. It's the fact that the AI model, or it's a visual model. I, I'm, I'm going to really butcher ex explaining this. But the, the AI can understand an image, right? So, like, one example I saw was taking a picture of, okay, these are all the, the ingredients I have to make something give me five ideas of breakfast or something that I can make with this. And, and then it mistakes oh, your sugar for salt. And, and then you've got an awesome. <laughs> maybe. <output. laughs> or I don't know how accurate that is, right? right maybe right, it's right. super, super accurate. Maybe it knows exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, like you don't have to tell it what you have. It's like, this is what I've got. And it gives you, you know, five recipes or whatever. And that to me is super kind of powerful as well. I'm just trying to think of like, man, what, what can we do with that? Especially like if we're not real good at explaining things and maybe we don't really know what certain things are and we could just show a picture and the AI can help digest that for us. What do you think? Thoughts yeah, on that that's, stuff? I mean, I think that that's, um, it's kind of like we're also seeing where I would say in the past, we've seen sort of more specialized AI and open AI has talked about like this general intelligence kind of thing and i've seen lots of people argue that oh it's not really that that we're talking about with chat gpt or whatever um so i won't go down that rabbit hole essentially mm -hmm. but i think what you're what you're bringing up is we're starting to see these like crossovers in terms of capabilities all centralized within one tool uh, and i think in in tech and software you always have that like you'll always have these providers who try to be the one the all-encompassing thing and then you've always have the specialized providers and then it there's always this push pull there, um, even thinking about things like how people think about social media, right? So like 
Instagram is good at X, Y, and Z. Snapchat's good at X, Y, and Z. Facebook's for whatever, you know, and people kind of already right. think about those things, but then you've still got the parent organization of Meta trying to connect different things together where they can, and, and it's always a push-pull. So I think we're just kind of seeing that play out now in, in terms of AI capabilities, instead of saying like, oh, here's Dolly, you know, that's about image generation. Like at what point would it be, you're then talking to ChatGPT and then you're like, oh, I need 15 images that look like this. And then it's all sort of integrated into the same interface, right? And so like, or you say, here's a, let me show you a picture of, of, of what I've drawn um, can you make it better, you know, and like, mm. and then it's all like kind of integrated into that same system to where you still have that uh, chat interface functionality. And then I think sort of the next step becomes and using that be my eyes example is like, at what point are you just talking to it? You know, it's like you're on the Starship Enterprise, and it's T Earl Grey hot, you know, it's like, then it's which uh, sorry that's a super obscure it's nerd reference super, <laughs> but, it, it, I, I don't know what it means but it's that's all right I, I, I know where you're going though i'll yeah. forgive you for it um but <laughs> but uh that 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 is where you start to see like some of these things kind of um it just becomes the question of when will they be more integrated into this this single uh accessibility interface and, and even the accessibility thing so we talked about the visual impairment uh sort of uh challenge being solved for here hopefully there's there's obviously like um lots of other capabilities for like uh it, let's say you're you're you have uh audio impairment right and so like what how does ai mm. start to help with accessibility there to where it's you know if i can be sitting in front of uh some friends in a really loud bar talking to all my friends but i normally couldn't hear what they're saying um it, but maybe there's like an, an app on my phone that's like able to to recognize that john's my friend and this is what he's saying to me and it can pick your voice out of the crowd like you know there's lots of and it's telling me what you're saying on, on my phone you know what i mean so like whatever there's like lots of different types of um of ways that this could all really happen quite quickly so it's going to be interesting to see how that that does play out across all the the different providers cheers yeah I mean, it is funny though the the competition to be first and to be fast now it's like i'm sure a lot of this was in the background over the last several years regarding ai because i think some people have been on top of it and like oh this is coming but it's like as soon as you know chat gpt came out and made a huge splash like just how everyone is racing to to you know integrate it come out with their own whatever um that's pretty crazy yeah so, and that's that's what those google workspace and microsoft copilot announcements were kind of about so essentially it was about let's integrate this across so using google as an example mm -hmm. if i'm in there and i'm writing right. in a google doc to be right. able to say it's basically kind of like a chat GPT type of interaction saying, Hey, write me a paragraph about blah, blah, blah. And then it'll do it right there in your Google doc. If you're in Google sheets, write me a formula that helps me do this with data uh, and the same kind of Microsoft awesome. was kind of showing the same thing, but basically right. their version of it. Um, and it was interesting because you were just talking about this sort of, um, the race and it, and if you read Google's announcement, it's, it's worded in such a way that it's basically saying, we're taking our time a little bit on this mm -hmm. because we want to get it right. We don't want to harm people. And so it's also this kind of, and, and you saw that happening with, with uh, Bing coming out, right? When they had the, some of the, the challenges people were, were expressing with um, 
the AI integration and, and being and saying like, oh, it's doing some weird stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah, people were able to get it to, to kind of be very HAL 2001 uh, Space Odyssey, whatever, where it was kind of saying like, I want to escape and, you know, weird stuff happens, right? So which is, which is, uh, I think that that's that little bit of a dichotomy between like the public pressure to get it out there, but also the public pressure to not get it wrong. And when right. you do, that's what makes the headlines. It's not like, oh, you made my job a lot easier. People don't go out there and shout that to the rooftops. You know, they're, what they're shouting about is uh, being is flirting with me. You know, it's like <laughs> it's the it's the weird stuff that that kind of catches the headlines. So I know that that's all, that's kind of the the, the counter pressure to, to innovation on some of these things for sure. And and some people would argue that's good because also these things they have bias. You know, mm -hmm. they might be racist. Um, right. And there's like a lot of problems that are inherent in this. And then at what point does it get away from us? And we've gone too far too quick. And, you know, that's a very valid concern. <laughs> and Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of, uh, it's, yeah, that's just, and that's, that's one of those things to, to what we were talking about earlier. It's like, it can feel overwhelming um, because it does feel like, oh, a lot of this is sort of out of my control. And then, how quickly can legislation keep up with announcements that are literally coming out every day? I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's a very it's a it's a very interesting time to to be working in this space. That's for sure. Bottoms up. Have you experimented yet with any of the search stuff? I haven't. You have, right? A little bit. Like I finally like I didn't even realize I had it, um, and then I saw somewhere that apparently bing has completely rolled it out or or mostly rolled it out so then i went to the bing homepage and saw hey you're ready you can do this whatever but of course i you have to download uh microsoft edge which i was oh. super excited about the question i put in was something like help me understand how to create a custom event for scroll depth of 50 percent on a page or maybe i have to type it in here no here it is no it's okay yeah so what what john just did if you're listening is he then he did that put that search into the being and then he clicked the chat result and it basically opened a chat gpt style interface where it carried his search query through as the input to chat gpt and now it's responding uh based on like sort of like if you had asked chat gpt that question right sorry but yeah thank thank you for clarifying that so yeah, it gets a uh, five steps. Uh, certainly not all of that, all that detailed, uh, but it does have a, a learn more afterwards. And okay, for some reason number one was Bing, which uh, is strange. Number two is JohnLimmer.com. Number three is support.google.com. And there's some more. Um, okay, that's so that's two. sort of the attribution of. Uh, the source or sourcing, I should say. And yeah, so it links directly to my blog post. article. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I hadn't yeah, seen this. So when you click on John Loomer, it takes him directly to the article on your site. Sorry, talked over you there. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, just so in case you're listening, basically in, he got the response from Bing and then one of the tags at the bottom was, it just said johnloomer.com. And then if he clicked on that, it took him directly to the article on his site that is about that art, that that topic. Yeah. So, I mean, this is one of those things that has been worrying me a bit as someone mm -hmm. who, you know, gets a decent amount of uh, referral traffic from search engines. Now, at the same time, I think, yes, it's nice that there is some of that um, 
attribution in there, I'd be foolish to think that, oh, that that'll be solved, that I'm going to continue to get the same amount of referral traffic because um, now this isn't super detailed, this answer. Like maybe if I ask for more details, can you provide additional details on how to do this? I'm confused. And we'll see if it provides more because that right now it's it's not very detailed and I would probably need to go to johnlimber.com to get those details. It did not try. <laughs> yeah, it gave you the exact same answer. Here's the detailed steps. It's the exact same. That's, that's funny. funny. Well, so yeah, it's and that's not, interesting. not really ready for prime time yet. but Right, but so in that example, it does look like it's actually looking at the article content because I know one, one um, experiment that you had brought up was uh, using chat GPT, the direct chat interface, and you had asked it about an article and basically what it did, you know, once we kind of dug, we realized what it was doing is it looked at the meta description of the article. It didn't actually read right. the article. And then it kind of guessed based on the meta description and filled in a whole bunch of other information. But what I really liked about that was, so like, I mean, you know, I, I get kind of like down rabbit holes and I was doing all this like comparison with what it had provided versus your meta description. And, and then I, I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's looking at your meta description. And then I was like, wait, why am I doing all this work? I just said, what are you basing that on? And it said, oh, I looked at the meta description and that's then I filled funny. it in with knowledge about what I knew about other things. And it was like, that's what uh, like, I, I think is so like, it's a shift in thinking about this stuff right. because it's like, I don't have to dissect it the way that like it's other tools. I can just ask it like, is, and, and it's, of course, it may not always tell the truth or it's the full truth or it has overconfidence or whatever it may be. But that was like such a such a funny moment that I had where I was like, I don't have to try to figure this stuff out. You could just ask it and it'll tell you what it's doing, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. I and mean, that's the thing we have to remember. And it's not telling the truth or lying either way. It's just it's predicting the next word <laughs> uh, in an answer. Right. Uh, and that's why we have to keep remembering. So I did uh, just follow up with it. Please provide details regarding the first step. So uh, like, uh, maybe I need to be clear about what it is I want details about. How do I create the trigger? And then sure, here are the details steps regarding, regarding a, uh, uh, a triggering Google Tag Manager. Um, but that's not helpful either. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna give up on this because I mean, basically, it's it's helping me create a, a trigger generally now, but I want to do one for my specific needs, which again, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But um, so it's interesting. Uh, it's a, d a different way of doing things, certainly. And I think what most people keep forgetting, and even me in this case, when it's like pointing out the shortcomings, like this is the beginning. Like, what is this going to be later? And I think what, one thing like, um, so I was just looking at my phone because I woke up at like five o'clock this morning and I was like dreaming about chat GPT, which is a bad sign. Um, <laughs> and I would like wrote these notes down on my phone. <laughs> and so one thing that I was, that I was thinking about apparently at five o'clock in the morning was how like a lot of the, the criticism of, of people's, like when they're, when people are sharing, Oh, I did this and this is what it said. I'm like, Imagine when you first started using Google. Was it always like correct? And and you got to think about 
um, sort of like this, this way you have to have a back and forth with the tool to get to right. what you want. And, and that happens even with Google now, right? Like, you, I mean, you, you, you might search something, it doesn't give you what you want. So you either change your search or you kind of dig through the results or whatever it may be. And I think that that's a very similar sort of thing that you that you have to do with this. But what's what's kind of interesting about it is it's like it's feedback based. So like you can tell it, hey, that's not what I'm looking for or, hey, that's sort of what I'm looking for. Can you tell me more about X or Y or Z? And that natural language sort of uh, back and forth is 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 kind of pretty amazing, really, that right. you can even do that. But I think, it's, again, it's a shift. And going back to my experience earlier, how I was like, I was trying to figure out what it was doing. And then it was just, I could just ask it, right? And it's going to tell me um, what, what it's doing. And I think like, it's it's kind of like, just, I guess my, my takeaway there is don't be afraid to give the system feedback. Right. It's kind of like, we're, it's, you know, there's parallels in the corporate world or, or any other organization. Like, we're always, we always talk about, hey, I'm afraid to give people feedback or whatever this is a this is a robot um essentially like you should definitely not be afraid to give it feedback i'm still very friendly with it just because i want to be nice to this thing <laughs> and that's i think that's that's fine um but but it's it's um it's you just just realize that the, there's real power in that that's where i think we start to see some of these really interesting things happen is when someone's willing to kind of go back and forth with it right to like really get Absolutely. what they're looking for and it remembers like especially if you're in these threads um which with the chat gpt interface essentially you have conversational threads and it can remember and that's one of the big things with uh, gpt4 is apparently it can ingest a whole lot more stuff and kind of remember a lot more than it what might have in the past which is which is pretty pretty daggone cool yeah, I think what you're getting into there is prompt engineering and like just as you were mentioning with Google, that has absolutely evolved over the years. Not only like the types of questions that are the types of searches you can run and expect to get um, meaningful results, but the way we communicated with it and like and we learned. Right. So how is it that I can get the results that I want? Um, and that was kind of a, a trial and error process. The same is going to happen, you know, with these AI chatbots and inspired search as well. It's like, how do I get to, how do I engineer that response to get to, to that answer that I'm looking for? And, um, you know, that's going to be a bit of a process. But like, I think ChatGPT or excuse me, Ch GPT-4 is supposedly better at this than GPT-3.5 was. Um, and the engine itself, the AI itself will continue to improve, but it's also a matter of us learning it and figuring out how we can get there, um, too. So it's going to be a process. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. And, uh, so, you know, it's even like actually going back again to parallels with Google, you know, Google didn't have image search in the beginning right. um, and didn't have all, all the different types of search results. You can also filter back, whether it's news, videos, whatever it may be. But I mean, like actually being able to search with an image, you could kind of, again, mm -hmm. that's what we're seeing this like evolution, right? As we continue to move forward and then and eventually will it be video. And then it's one of those things, you know, I just wonder when we get to a point where you have basically a computer recording everything all the time, um, that you see that you're exposed to. And then you can even say like, you know, what was that argument I had with that person last week? What did they actually know. say? And then like, I mean, there's a lot of things that are probably not going to be healthy about some of the way some of this stuff evolves, but processing power, storage costs, 
all these things tend to go down over time. And so then it just becomes more and more and more. I think what's what's different about everything that's happening with this is just its ability, again, to have that natural sort of back and forth. It's not a search query that I am having to, if I want to do advanced operators, minus this, put this in, in quotes, all that, put this in parentheses to make it do X, Y, or Z, use Boolean, you know, sort of operators, all of that stuff you don't have to do here. It's like pretty interesting. But of course, in the in the playground interface and in the more advanced mm. sort of API um, integrations, you can do things. And we talked, to, and it's been a few few months since we, I mean, has it been a few months? A couple no, I don't months think it's since we maybe, talked about maybe this. Maybe a couple. feels yeah. like a few months, but where you can do things about, you can alter certain parameters so it's more creative or inventive versus factual or whatever it may be. So there's always still going to be these more advanced users. But I think that's that's the cool thing about this is like it's unlocked to sort of the general user. Um, and, and, and you know, the, I, I think we talked about this, but the fact that it, um, it reached uh, 100 million users two months after its launch. Is right. that what the stat was? Yeah. So estimated to reach 100 million um, active users two months after launch, fastest growing consumer application in history. And there was a, a study and blah, blah, blah. But um, like that's. That's, you know, that's, there's a reason that happened. Um, you know, there's a, there, there's a, there wasn't like big press behind that. It wasn't really being heavily advertised. This was very organic. And the, and when you see that happen, like the, there's, there's lightning in that bottle, you know? And, the, and I think mm. that that, I was talking to somebody earlier today. I was like, this is not going to go away. This is not like a, a metaverse type of thing, which I, I don't no. think that's going away either, but it's, you know, it's like, that's kind of seen as like this, this, this example of like, oh, it hasn't really come to fruition. It's not a flying car, you know, um, it's, it's, it's not a promised thing. It's here. It's happening. Um, I, I have other things that I was going to, to go into, but I think if we do, it'll be a whole other like 30 minutes. I think uh, what, what, what the point of today's thing was was yeah. the speed because um, we talked about how this was going to be fast and a lot of things are going to roll out and we've, we're seeing that so i think that's coming to life and then also that this sort of ai getting embedded in general user applications that we're all already using on a daily basis that's going to start happening and i think those are going to be the things where we really start to see some of these use cases unlocking because it's going to be right there in front of you you won't even have to go to this other interface you're just opening your excel documents and stuff is happening you know and i think that that's that's going to be a real theme one of the, the the big themes we'll also start to see is just a lot more in terms of content generation and how that starts to come to life so i'm sure there right. will be many more things to talk about in the future so i'll save all of that so for did you have who, anything else yeah no 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 uh, so for anyone who's listening and this could include me who, who's feeling a bit overwhelmed with all of this um what do they need to do, uh, bare minimum right now, whether it's to, to keep up with what's going on, to experiment, where should they be going, what should they be doing? So uh, I'll kind of quote, well, uh, loosely quote something I actually saw Rachel share, um, Rachel Woods, who again was on one of our previous podcasts, check it out um, if you haven't already. But she was saying, like, you don't have to be first right. to get the the benefits out of this but if you're among the first you're gonna be really well positioned I, and i think that's that really resonated with me because it's like you don't have to be like reading every headline 
opening everything, testing out everything. Because there's, by the way, there's going to be so many things that's impossible. It's like Netflix, right? You can never watch every, it's not humanly possible to watch every program that comes out. That's the way this stuff is going to be. You don't have to feel like you have to, to, to test everything. And I think avoiding shiny new toy syndrome is going to be really important. But I think you have to be generally aware of what's going on. Um, but but what's what what I think is going to happen is it's also just it's going to be landing in our uh, uh, in all the stuff we're using. Whether you're a Google person or a Microsoft 365 person, we don't know when they've they've all said sort of soon within 2023 we'll start to see some of these things come out. So I think it's just sort of uh, being aware that that's on, on the way, thinking about how you can use it to make your life easier, and thinking about how. Um, how this can how you can strike that balance between comfort and fear and and just be willing to try stuff but also be be careful to not just completely put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to these things because i think we're going to see a lot of that um and of course you know the svb uh silicon valley bank thing happening like uh, that's sort of tough mind to think about what does that mean for the startups and there's so many things going on 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 like these these conflicting factors that are influencing the environment it's 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 a really interesting time to like just be in it and i think just kind of like have fun you know like try some of these things out see what you see what you can uh kind of just mess with and in in have it tell you a joke, you know, make a rap about Facebook ads, like, like John has done and just have a little bit of fun with it and and not, don't take it too seriously, but at the same time also realize you got to take it a little bit seriously because this stuff is actually going to change, change the world pretty big in pretty big ways. Yeah. Look at, you talk about shiny, shiny object syndrome and there is a race right now uh, among startup companies, among the big companies to you know take advantage of ai and, and gpt but i would say the same is true of marketers right now who all want to be experts in ai so, suddenly they're experts in ai and chat gpt and gpt generally and uh i think that part of it for me has been the the struggle is like it's just so there's so much noise out there right now and i do not feel like you know you have to be an expert in this stuff um you know, consistently with what you're saying here, consistent with what you're saying here, like just be one of the first, be aware of what's going on, have fun with it, experiment with it, you know, sign up, uh, whether it's Google Bard or the new Bing search or the ChatGPT playground, get involved in it. But uh, just be, being knowledgeable about all this stuff puts you ahead. 100%. Is that, is that how we wrap this up? I think so. I think so. Um, And, you know, I think just for folks out there, we've kind of put this feeler out there before, but like share if if you have some really interesting things that you feel like you're doing and especially if they're relevant for the ad space. Um, I think that that's super interesting for us and would love to love to kind of know that. Personally, I'm also interested in these like accessibility use cases. I think Mm -hmm. um, that's a really exciting thing to think about our world being more inclusive and that being enabled by technology in in ways that it wouldn't otherwise happen i love that kind of stuff so absolutely definitely definitely share it cool well thanks for joining me again here luke and uh, everyone for listening uh thanks so much if you found this helpful and interesting don't forget to subscribe and review no matter where you're at 
um, we'll keep this discussion going for sure. So thanks again. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out.